Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email that contains both the lesson for the day as well as the reading for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 for 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. And today we're continuing our reading of Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, with Section 5, The Awareness the awareness of the Holy Spirit. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 104. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. And by way of opening this morning, I was so happy to find my little book here. thought I had misplaced it. Book of Forty Prayers by Pierre Elias Amdon that contains this beautiful poem called The Nest of Nearness. It goes like this, an old friend of yours told me that my heart is like a bird in the world of desire, flying in the air of seeking until it lands in the nest of nearness to you. I fold my wings. The nest is lined with the soft down of silence, held in the infinite tree of your presence. I didn't know it would be like this. Where I come from, people are lonely. They hurry past your beauty, fearing death. I used to be like them, afraid of heights, until you gave my heart these wings. Now I don't ask to be comforted. That would keep me scared and needy. Now there is no edge to the peace of my happiness and yours. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Oh, you're very welcome. I just adore that poem. <laughs> so I was happy to share it this morning. Okay, here's our reading list. Today we have Lemoyne, Fran, and Harrison. And we're joined in listening by Kristen. Karen, Diana, Robin Marie, and Ida. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? I'll be listening. I'm outside listening to the birds. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> All righty, Judy. Glad you're here. Okay. Well, we'll enjoy reading this this morning. From Chapter 9, The Correction of Error. Section 5, The Awareness of the Holy Spirit. Beginning with chapter, or paragraph 31. How can you become increasingly aware of the Holy Spirit in you, except by his effects? You cannot see him with your eyes, nor hear him with your ears. How then can you perceive him at all? If you inspire joy and others react to you with joy, even though you are not experiencing joy yourself, there must be something in you that is capable of producing it. 
if it is in you and can produce joy, and if you see that it does produce joy in others, you must be dissociating it yourself, in yourself. Lemoyne. Chapter 9, The Correction of Error. Section 5, The Awareness of the Holy Spirit. How can you how can you become increasingly aware of the Holy Spirit in you except by his effect? You cannot see him with your eyes nor hear him with your ears. How then can you perceive him at all? If you inspire joy and others react to you with joy, even though you are not experiencing joy yourself, there must be something in you that is capable of producing it. If it is in you and can produce joy, and if you see that it does produce joy in others, you must be disassociating in yourself. I'll read that. <clears throat> if it is in you and can produce joy, and if you see that it does produce joy in others, you must be dissociating in yourself. It seems to you that the Holy Spirit <clears throat> does not produce joy consistently in you only because you do not consistently arouse joy in others. Their reactions to you are your evaluations of his consistency. When you are inconsistent, you will not always give rise to joy, and so you will not always recognize his consistency. What you offer to your brother, you offer to him, because he cannot go beyond your offering and his giving. This is not because he limits his giving, but simply because you have limited your receiving. The will to receive is the will to accept. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 32. It seems to you that the Holy Spirit does not produce joy consistently in you only because you do not consistently arouse joy in others. Their reactions to you are your evaluations of his consistency. When you are inconsistent, you will not always give rise to joy, and so you will not always recognize his consistency. What you offer to your brother, you offer to him because he cannot go beyond your offering in his giving. This is not because he limits his giving, but simply because you have limited your receiving. The will to receive is the will to accept. 33. If your brothers are part of you, will you accept them? Only they can teach you what you are, and your learning is the result of what you taught them. What you call upon in them, you call upon in yourself. And as you call upon it in them, it becomes real to you. God has but one son, 
knowing them all as one. Only God himself is more than they, but they are not less than he is. Would you know what this means? If what you do to my brother, you do to me, and if you do everything for yourself because we are part of you, everything we do belongs to you as well. Every soul God created is part of you and shares his glory with you. His glory belongs to him, but it is equally yours. You cannot then be less glorious than he is. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. 33. If your brothers are part of you, you, will you accept them? Only they can teach you what you are, and your learning is the result of what you taught them. What you call upon in them, you call upon in yourself. And as you call upon it in them, it becomes real to you. God has but one son. Knowing them all as one. Only God himself is more than they, but they are not less than he is. Would you know what this means? If what you do to my brother, you do to me, And if you do everything for yourself, because we are part of you, everything we do belongs to you as well. Every soul God created is part of you and shares his glory with you. His glory belongs to him, but it is equally yours. You cannot then be less glorious than he is. 34. God is more than you, only because he created you. But not even this would he keep from you. Therefore, you can create as he did, and your dissociation will not alter this. Neither God's light nor yours is dim because you do not see. Because the sonship must create as one. You remember creation whenever you recognize part of creation. Each part you remember adds to your wholeness because each part 
is whole. Wholeness is indivisible, but you cannot learn of your wholeness until you see it everywhere. You cannot know yourself only as God knows his son. So knowledge is shared with God. When you awaken him, you will know your magnitude by accepting his limitlessness as yours. But meanwhile, you will judge it as you judge your brothers and will accept it as you accept theirs. Thank you, Harrison. And would there be a new reader for 34 and 35? I could read. A new reader. Well, thank you, Robin Marie. Sure. 34. God is more than you only because he created you, but not even this would he keep from you. Therefore, you can create as he did, and your dissociation will not alter this. Neither God's light nor yours is dimmed because you do not see. Because the sonship must create as one, you remember creation whenever you recognize part of creation. Each part you remember adds to your wholeness because each part is whole. Wholeness is indivisible, but you cannot learn of your wholeness until you see it everywhere. You can know yourself only as God knows his son. For knowledge is shared with God. When you awake in him, you will know your magnitude by accepting his limitlessness as yours. But meanwhile, you will judge it as you judge your brothers and will accept it as you accept theirs. 35. You are not yet awake, but you can learn how to awaken. Very simply, the Holy Spirit teaches you to awaken others. As you see them waken, you will learn what waking means. And because you have willed to wake them, their gratitude and their appreciation of what you have given them will teach you its value. They will become the witnesses to your reality as you were created witnesses to God's. Yet when the sonship comes together and accepts its oneness, it will be known by its creations who witness to its reality as the son does to the father. Thank you, Robin Marie. And would there be another new reader for 35 and 36? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. You are not yet awake, 
but you can learn how to awaken. Very simply, the Holy Spirit teaches you to awaken others. As you see them waken, you will learn what waking means, and because you have willed to wake them, their gratitude and their appreciation of what you have given them will teach you its value. They will become the witnesses to your reality as you were created witnesses to God. Yet when the sonship comes together and accepts its oneness, it will be known by its creation to witness to its reality as the Son does to the Father. <clears throat> Miracles have no place in eternity because they are reparative. Yet while you still need healing, your miracles are the only witnesses to your reality which you can recognize. You cannot perform a miracle for yourself because miracles are a way of giving acceptance and receiving it. In time, the giving comes first, though they are simultaneous in eternity, where they cannot be separated. When you have learned that they are the same, the need for time is over. Thank you, Lemoyne. To Fran. 36. Miracles have no place in eternity because they are reparative. Yet while you still need healing, your miracles are the only witnesses to your reality which you can recognize. You cannot perform a miracle for yourself. Because miracles are a way of giving, acceptance, and receiving it. In time, the giving comes first, though they are simultaneous in eternity, where they cannot be separated. When you have learned that they are the same, the need for time is over. 37. Eternity is one time, its only dimension being, quote-unquote, always. This cannot mean anything to you, however, until you remember God's open arms and finally know his open mind. Like him, you are always in his mind and with a mind like his. In your open mind are your creations, in perfect communication, born of perfect understanding. Could you but accept one of them, you would not want anything the world has to offer. Everything else would be totally meaningless. God's meaning is incomplete without you, and you are incomplete without your creations. Accept your brother in this world, and accept nothing else. For in him you will find your creations, because he created them with you. You will never know that you are co-creator with God until you learn that your brother is a co-creator with you. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. 37. Eternity is one time. It's only dimension being, quote, unquote, always. This cannot mean anything to you, however, 
until you remember God's open arms and finally know his open mind. Like him, you are, quote-unquote, always in his mind and with a mind like his. In your open mind are your creations in perfect communication born of perfect understanding. Could you but accept one of them, you would not want anything the world has to offer. Everything else would be totally meaningless. God's meaning is incomplete without you, and you are incomplete without your creations. Accept your brother in this world and accept nothing else. For in him you will find your creations because he created them with you. You will never know that you are created with God until you learn that your brother is co-creator with you. Thank you, Harrison, and thank you, everyone, who read this morning, and everyone who listened, too. I think there's a little echo. Um, if there is a muted line. Anyway, um, maybe to summarize, it would be inspirational for all of us to just hear a few of these sentences running together. I kind of like that. So the awareness of the Holy Spirit. If you inspire joy and others react to you with joy, even though you are not experiencing joy yourself, there must be something in you that is capable of producing it. Your brother's reactions to you are your evaluations of the Holy Spirit's consistency. What you offer to your brother, you offer to the Holy Spirit because he cannot go beyond your offering in his giving. This is not because he limits his giving, but simply because you have limited your receiving. The will to receive is the will to accept. If your brothers are part of you, will you accept them? Only they can teach you what you are, and your learning is the result of what you taught them. God has but one son, knowing them all as one. Only God himself is more than they, but they are not less than he is. Every soul God created is part of you and shares his glory with you. His glory belongs to him, but it is equally yours. You cannot then be less glorious than he is. Because the sonship must create as one, you remember creation 
whenever you recognize part of creation, each part you remember adds to your wholeness because each part is whole. Wholeness is indivisible, but you cannot learn of your wholeness until you see it everywhere. You can know yourself only as God knows his son, for knowledge is shared with God. When you awaken him, you will know your magnitude by accepting his limitlessness as yours. But meanwhile, you will judge it as you judge your brothers and will accept it as you accept theirs. You can learn how to awaken. Very simply, the Holy Spirit teaches you to awaken others. As you see them waken, you will learn what waking means. And because you have willed to wake them, their gratitude and their appreciation of what you have given them will teach you its value. They will become the witnesses to your reality as you were created witnesses to God's. Yet when the sonship comes together and accepts its oneness, it will be known by its creations who witness to its reality as the Son does to the Father. Yet while you still need healing, your miracles are the only witnesses to your reality which you can recognize. You cannot perform a miracle for yourself because miracles are a way of giving acceptance and receiving it. God's meaning is incomplete without you and you are incomplete without your creations. Accept your brother in this world and accept nothing else. For in him you will find your creations because he created them with you. You will never know that you are co-creator with God until you learn that your brother is co-creator with you. Amen. What a hefty, hefty, hefty section this morning that we have to consider. Um, let's see, the time is, oh my goodness, we have time to open the floor before the top of the hour. So, there you have it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lori. Well done. So, thank you, Lori. Yes, thank you, I do. I do have a question. He talks about creations. What does he mean by creations of my creations? I can say. Thanks, Harrison. That's an excellent question. And it's also, um, you know, after all these years, I'm thinking he leaves he leaves that for us to discover um, and refers to our creations often. And the best reference that I can find to the answer to that question is this. Every loving thought is eternal. Every loving thought the Son of God ever has or had is eternal. And that remains our only reality. And I wouldn't, um, I would say like this, um, my understanding is growing in that regard. And in one area, um, 
he tells me, well, you know what, here's the thing. Life teaches me many things about what are creations, but he speaks to me most clearly when I'm asleep. And perhaps you've heard of Indra's net. One night I had this beautiful dream, and in the dream I found myself in a weave, a weave of lights. And among that weave of lights, I was a little star, and all the other lights were connected to my little star by a glowing string of light. And I was given the understanding in that dream that that's how God sees us, as an eternal weave of loving thoughts, regards, and relationships. And the entirety of that weave is the relationship that the Father has with the Son. And every time I have a holy encounter, remember it's a holy encounter, as you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget that in him you will find yourself or lose yourself. So in my dream, I was given to understand that every loving relationship is part of this weave of creation. And every time I allow myself to have a loving relationship with a brother, I learn that both brother and I are part of this weave. And the relationship of loving exchange is what makes it eternal in God's mind. And so that's how I would answer that question today. But as I say, uh, it seems to be something that's always constantly being revealed to me um, for my understanding. And I think it's just as limitless um, as God is in the way he gives. So uh, I would say I'm evolving in my understanding to that question. I'm complete. Oh, well done. Thank you, Lori. Thank, Thank you, Lori. Lori. That was gorgeous. That was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I just I love this text today in the lesson too. I don't I don't know that I want to share so much. But um I have this this um omnipresent thought lately on my billboard of my mind that um to fulfill my part in the triunal expression of the Trinity that I am God's Son and that I have the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and praise to the ultimate source of everything you know that God is and the Holy Spirit is and that the Son is at one and, and it's perfect communication and for some reason um, there are places in the text where it speaks of creation as being um, the perfect communication of God to His Son, and 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 my per, my personal fulfillment of my in my awareness of what that means is 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 in expressing love, like you just said, Lori, in in every holy encounter, that um, God is in every part, because God is in the whole of it, and if I acknowledge the Holy Spirit's 
um, connection with me and my ability to share my love for God and his creation by seeing the Holy Spirit everywhere and not limiting, not limiting, ever limiting my awareness of it, that that is, is my part in awakening to what is the perfect and complete and whole communication of the kingdom of heaven. And in, in this world and in this temporal, um, changing fabric of manifestation, it's always new. Something always is new. And um, um, we have the capacity and the potential to, to awaken and grow into um, the perfect love of God that we are that we can know this and claim this. This is how we were created as a constant and changeless and inalterable state of peace and joy and love. Um, that That is what we are, formless and boundaryless and without limit or without any distinction. And, and, it, and it's seen through those visionary eyes, eyes of, of the spirit, of the Christ consciousness, knowing everything as myself. And I particularly like that um, paragraph 35 where it speaks of that, um, seeing the Holy Spirit um, and very simply allowing the Holy Spirit teach, to teach me how to awaken others. Because as I share it, I have awakened in others. I've so awakening the light coming to people came they came to and they came to the light the light of understanding that that god was in them and and in me and it's like you can see it um the light of the spirit and they will become the witnesses to your reality as you were created witnesses to god and in my in my notes here i wrote that god created the totality of the reality, and willed it to be witness to the oneness of itself. And that is the perfect communication of the kingdom of God. And it's, oh, it's enough. And it always is happening right here and right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to think about something else. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thank it's, you. Robin, <laughs> Thank you. it's Robin Marie. I just wanted to quickly put in that this is helpful for me at teaching preschool kids because uh, they have a lot of joy and happiness, but they don't have very much self-control. So what I was thinking when I was reading this is the gifts of the Holy Spirit of gentleness, kindness, you know, uh, self-control that those things are very important for small children and all of us to learn. And as I teach them, I need to figure out, okay, this child has so much joy, it's spilling over, but she can't really see anyone else because she's not uh, connected to the other children. She's just connecting to her own feeling of joy. And I need to try to teach her some self-control. How am I going to do that? And it's an ongoing thing, but I I really appreciate um, 
being more aware of the creations of the Holy Spirit, which are the gifts that he gives us to live and be. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Robin Marie. That was beautiful. Thank you, Robin Marie. I think the most natural thing, and we've been reading about this sharing, the idea of sharing your joy sharing your joy to, to make it, to make more of it, to increase it. And that, that's the best way um, that it's not for anyone alone, that it's the shared sharing of it to know that the totality of sharing all of it. And that's the glory of it. The more we share it, the greater we recognize the magnitude of it is. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen. Boy, that's for sure. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, maybe this little pause right here is the perfect place uh, where we can stop and reflect on our lesson this morning. Lesson 104, I seek but what belongs to me in truth. So I'm going to turn it over to you again, friend. Thank you very much for leading our reflection this morning. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook. And today's lesson is Lesson 104, I Seek but What Belongs to Me in Truth. And I shall read some from the lesson and then we'll do a top-of-the-hour five-minute meditation. Okay. I Seek but What Belongs to Me in Truth. Today's idea continues with the thought that joy and peace are not but idle dreams. They are your right because of what you see. They come to you from God, who cannot fail to give you what he wills, yet must there be a place made ready to receive his gifts. Today we would remove all meaningless and self-made gifts which we have placed upon the holy altar where God's gifts belong. His are the gifts which we inherited before time was and which will still be ours when time has passed into eternity. These are the gifts which are within us now, for they are timeless. And we need not wait to have them. They belong to us today. Our longer practice periods today, the hourly five-minute given truth for your salvation, should begin with this. I seek but what belongs to me in truth and joy and peace are my inheritance. Then lay aside the conflicts of the world that offer other gifts and other goals made of illusions. All this we lay aside and seek instead that which is truly ours, 
as we ask to recognize what God has given us. We clear a holy place within our minds before his altar, where his gifts of peace and joy are welcome, and to which we find we come to find what has been given us by him. We would wish for nothing else, for nothing else belongs to us in truth. So do we clear the way for him today by simply recognizing that his will is done already and that joy and peace belong to us as his eternal gifts. This reminder will we bring to mind as often as we can. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. God's gifts of joy and peace are all I want. We'll take, take five minutes. Lesson 104, I seek but what belongs to me in truth.
Today's idea continues with the thought that joy and peace are not but idle dreams. They are your right because of what you are. They come to you from God. Lesson 104. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, thank oh, you, friend. Thank you, friend. That was perfect. Oh, thank you. Thanks, friend. Thanks, friend. It is so powerful when we do that together. My goodness. What a blessing. I'm glad we started doing that. Five minute practice. For me too. Me too. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. That was great. And you have a lot of discipline to be on both calls every day and do the um, the lesson for the day on this one. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ida. Thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra. And I seek but what belongs to me in truth. And what is that? It's the Holy Spirit. And that's what I seek. <laughs> and once I have that relationship intact, because I'm, I've sought it and I've given it my time through participating in these groups, through prayer, meditation, uh, more prayer, more meditation, <laughs> my whole life is about seeking the Holy Spirit. And I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, and I didn't know that I could give my my judgments and all my upsets to the Holy Spirit. And once I started doing that, I realized that once I gave it to the Holy Spirit, it was gone, to my Holy Spirit. It was gone. I didn't have to take it back again. Of course, the ego does all the time take it back. But once I give it to the Holy Spirit, it's handled. And the only way that I can embrace that is to let go of time. Once I've got the Holy Spirit and me in a great relationship together, I'm always calling on the Holy Spirit. I, there is no more time. That's it. It's gone. What replaced time was the Holy Spirit. So I don't have to worry about anything anymore because I got the Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Oh, I'm into that. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That's great. I love it. I love you, too.
even those extensions are characterized by peace, love, happiness, joy. When I see everyone in that light, when I see everyone as the extensions of God and therefore my extensions. And I see them clothed in peace and joy and see myself that way as well. Then it changes my whole perception of my brothers and sisters and of the world because I'm extending only what is true, only what is real, and that's God's peace and joy. And it counters the ego's idea of what seems to be occurring in the world, a world separate from me. That whole idea of separation is undone. And all that is unlike love, all that is unlike peace and joy disappears in the twinkling of an eye. I don't see the war in Ukraine as reality. I see that as a miscreation, as a misplot. I don't see bodies as God's creation. I see bodies as misplots. And if I could just see beyond the forms and see that beyond the forms is the truth of who we are, it's the truth of what God created. God did not create forms. God is an extension of my loving thoughts. 
Thank you, Harrison. That was just beautiful. Amen. Thank you, Harrison. Amen, amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Harrison. We got a Robin Marie meeting at 1030 before I start talking. <laughs> Hi. What? I didn't quite hear what you said. Oh, I just was acknowledging um, that you might have to leave um, by 10.30, so before I was going to share. Oh. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's going to be 7.30 here <laughs> in 10 minutes, so I, I have some time. I'd love to hear you share. Well, I was loving to hear your share. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes, it's. The joy of the joy of of being childlike in my awareness and spontaneity and 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 being present in the moment without thinking about what I'm doing um, because I've experiences before from the past judgments and evaluations of myself and 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 how I think I should be or how I think I should act or um, how I think I should control myself. <laughs> I love that word evaluation. It's somewhere in the text today. But um, that we are beyond evaluation and that our worth, um, what we imagine ourselves to be, um, we don't know the truth of who we are. And this is what the Holy Spirit, Christ, in us, in our minds, the only part of our minds that's real, um, and God is our Father, that God created one Son, and it says when, in the text when we're restored <coughs> excuse me, to our reality, the totality of our reality, that we will all equally share the limitless talents and potentials and capabilities equally, that we're not equal here on earth, but that we should love each other equally as spirit and how important that is in our acknowledgement that God is in everyone and everything and that the Holy Spirit can and restore me to the holiness of that one relationship 
where we're all united in our perfection. And I've had dreams, you know, and before I read books about, you know, the castles by St. Teresa of Avila that, that I had dreams about going up marble steps to, to, to the temple where God was. And I didn't, I never, I never got that high, but I reached levels and beyond books and beyond musical instruments and I was still on the stairs and I was I would wake up in 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 such a longing to to go above and beyond that in my wildest dreams what does that mean I can't even imagine what that is the greatness and the magnitude of that but I know the Holy Spirit keeps this longing in me for that it's like i'm searching for something that i already am to know it more intimately to know god as intimately as god knows himself in me and to restore me my mind to that awareness um but i have to let go of the world and let go of thinking that there's something happening here uh, there is. I mean, I I think I've taken taken it down every road to the to the dead ends where the ego and being a body and the pleasures and the pains of being in a body in the world has taken me. I've explored it, and now I here I am. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and the joy, the glimpses, and the power of joining in uh, one will the will for everyone, the will for everyone's happiness, and how I never I never had that kind of thinking. It was always specific and concrete and limited, and now my mind and my heart and my soul is opening up to that expansive limitlessness and the power and the, the grandeur of it, and it's like, wow, this is really something that I can experience. And it's not of the body; it's of the soul, and it's of the mind, because I don't, I, 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 I completely forget my body, and my body's incon- inconsequential or insignificant, and in it, with it's the body's within it, and you know the body doesn't have to disappear, and I don't even have to forget it to experience it, and it's beautiful, and it belongs to me as I belong to it. It with a capital I, and truth with a capital T, and the gifts the gifts of that with a capital T, of it with a capital I, of truth with a capital T, that is everywhere, all the time, already. And I love that in the lesson today that speaks of that, clear the way for him, you know, simply recognizing that his will is done already. It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) That joy and peace belong to us as his eternal gifts, changeless eternal gifts that we don't have to seek for them, that we have. He has laid them on our altar of our mind as an extension, a creation of his. He created our minds like his so that we could know him. Hallelujah. This is huge. (laughs) Thank so, you. Thank uh, you for sharing all that. Wonderful. 
<laughs> um, unite our will with what God wills and recognize the same as being one. Um, <laughs> okay, that's enough. I'm here to listen also. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Love you, too. You know, one thing I want to say is something that I recognize in reading Thomas Merton's um, No Man is an Island. Recently I picked it up and um, again. And he speaks of us as personal, very personal and intimate to God. And that we, you know, the, the Course teaches us that we were created as one, but we are um, particular individual um, expressions also in, in, in that we... Um, we aren't merely employer employees or or not just fa- workers in the factory for the wholeness of it that God's very specific in his his blessings to us to, to so that we can so that he can reveal himself to us and i just so love that because i was i was sort of wrapped up in that idea of the totality and being one and and not um, being mindful of, of of the particular personal blessings that God gives to me, like I love blue herons, and I I've seen one every every day for the last few days, and then yesterday five of them flew over my house when I was sitting out on my deck, and I was like, God's mm-hmm. loving me large today, you know, and I just felt it so personally that God wills us all, each and every one of us, to be as happy as the totality of his love can make us. So there I go, there I go. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet. Thanks, Judy. Again, I want to um, remember something that the text said about the Holy Spirit and the voice um, for joy, the call for joy that is God's voice, um, that I see, I see God in those blue herons. I don't just see the beauty of the, of the blue herons, but I see God in it is what I think is significant and important for me to never forget. Thank you. I'm complete.
Thank you, Judy. Absolutely. Thank you, Judy. The Course says that God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. It's just a seminal idea. God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. It starts with what I see in my mind. And everything flows from that. If I want to see a world of turmoil, attack, disorder, I will see it. But if I want to see a world of peace, joy, and happiness, I will see it. The ego thought system has convinced me that, no, that what you see is totally separate from you. It has nothing to do with your thoughts or your ideas. It's an, they're independent ideas. Wars, famine, uh, ideas that just come from who knows where, other people's minds. So the challenge for me as a course student is to stand for the truth when those thoughts and ideas present themselves. When the world is saying people are dying, people are starving, people are being killed in wars, when the ego thought system says that, what is my response? How do I see it? Reminds me of Jesus and in the story about Lazarus. For all the world, Lazarus was dead. He'd been dead for apparently a few days at least. Somebody said that he even smelled. But what was Jesus' response? Lazarus isn't dead. What do you mean Lazarus is dead? To Jesus, there was no death. There's no dying. Spirit does not 
die. Hmm. Break lessons for today. For me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That only the truth is true and nothing else is the truth. That is that we are we are not what we made, an image of ourselves. That you know, that I am not a body is 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 the one of the main fantasies of the ego that I am a body and that I I can suffer my body suffers so I can suffer but you know this is this is isn't something that I can I can undo by myself I have the Holy Spirit and I have Christ who knows what it as as being Jesus knew what it meant to have a body and to to believe in that false false belief that we are bodies so incarnate the Christ incarnate in us in our immortality in a in our untouchability our unchangeableness that sacrosanct that holiness that holy innocence that is the truth of ourselves, and to stand in that truth without wavering without without you know believing you know okay i believe i went to the chiropractor and he added an inch back back to my height <laughs> sure feels good <laughs> you know here i am i'm right in the middle of this split mind and that's the conflict. I'm at conflict because I'm believing that I am a body when God says, no, no, you're not. You absolutely are not. And you can't change the fact of how I created you, Judith, because you are purely spirit, a part of me, a thought in my mind, and that's what you are, changelessly. You can't distort it. And it's just a belief you've got. And I'm like, okay still here <laughs> oh love is, love is large I'm complete I had to chuckle thank you thank you this book thank you Jude this book is so amazing it, for me whoops you don't need to bark. No barking. Um, for me, it's 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 almost like it's teaching me how to leave my body without any angst. Because <laughs> it's telling me I'm not a body, and the angst that I get from my body is my identity with it. And the less I can identify with the body, the more peace I have. But I'm having a body experience, so there's no question about that. 
but this really helps me with this body experience. It really does. <laughs> it makes it more joyful, uh, more happy, more healthy, more peaceful. So if I if I mixed up enough or whatever, I chose to come here and have a body experience, then God, who loves me so much, said, well, you can't do that unless I give you at least some tools. You'll have a terrible time of it unless I give you some tools because I love you so much and I'm giving you free will and you can do and have whatever experiences you want because I love you so much. And um, uh, it's just... It's just such a beautiful thing. And, and so I love you so much, I'm going to help you prepare to leave your body when, you, when, you, when it's time for you to leave your body. <laughs> and this whole book is about that preparation. It takes all, it, for me, it's taking the angst and the, and the fear out of, out of dying and, um, and, and helping me while I'm here to live I mean, this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm complete. I'm into that. <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. Me, me too. Thank you, Sandra. Love that. Thank you. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. Thank you. Sandra. That's I, I, God would not deny us our own misery, you know. It's like, <laughs> I choose to be insufficient and inadequate weak and frail and sick and suffering. And, um, you know, God only knows <laughs> why anyone would decide to leave heaven, but <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and that joy, I love the way you said that, you know, the joy and the peace and just forget yourself. Forget yourself, you know. Jew, just forget yourself. And, um, die to yourself, and and there's where the peace and the joy are. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandra. The body, this is Harrison, the body is so much with me that it's hard to remember those lessons where he says over and over and over, I am not a body, I am free. I am still as God created me. Clearly, he's saying to me, I did not create you as a body. Get over that. I'll tell you, my ego um, when it gave me the idea of a body and encouraged me to place my identity 
in the body, in your identity, in your body. I spoke of genius. <laughs> That's how ingenious we are. The mind God created is ingenious. We can create a whole world to surround this body and that's the world we see it has its problems but that only makes it seem more real so I spend these days, these hours, trying to undo a thought system that I've allowed to be embedded in my mind. And thank God that I have a way out. You know, 30 years ago, I had no clue. I was wandering in the wilderness, uh, thinking that drugs and sex and uh, other people would rescue me. And it just drove me deeper into the abyss. And then along came the Holy Spirit, and I must have, must have somehow invited the Holy Spirit in. And it took advantage of that opening to reveal to me a whole new thought system. I'm very thankful for that and thankful for you all for being my teachers. I'm complete. Stupendous. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Along came the Holy Spirit. Yep. Thank you, Harrison. You know, the the lessons the next few days are get the word truth in them. I seek only the truth. Um, I am the truth. That's what we're here to learn. The Course is teaching us to know thyself, to be true to thyself. And who, what is this and who is this? Um, and where is this self and, and within me that I need to know it's the truth? And um, 
you know, this this whole thing about being a body and the body, the ego making the body an idol um, image to itself um, has always captured my attention. And, you know, before I got Lyme, I, I, I had a, and before COVID, I had this great ability to not be aware that I was a body, that I was the incredible likeness of being a spirit. And and that's how I went about my um, letting God, you know, be me and, you know, he made me look good. <laughs> and then Jude would get all the credit. <laughs> and that's what the ego does. It wants to claim it. But I could see through it so clearly. But then when I got got the line and then... You know, I had pain, and I was self-preoccupied. My ego focused and concentrated on my my um, avoiding pain and the pleasure of not being in pain. And the flip side of the, the coin, that the ego always operates in seeking. It's always seeking self-satisfaction, the mini-me. And, um, you know, how I was... Um, I was sick, and I, 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 I wasn't asking for peace. I just wanted not to be sick. I wanted the body not to be sick. And the denial of truth, there's a, a line in the text that says, do you want to know what you, or deny, stop denying the denial of truth. The denial of truth is that I am a body. And stop denying that, <laughs> and you'll know the truth. So that double, you know, back up and and stop saying you're a body because you're simply, that's not who you are, and this is what disturbs your peace. You have a body, but no matter what condition it's in, you don't have to let it disturb your soul, your spirit, your mind, because that is what you are. And, you know, do whatever it takes, but don't mistake yourself for that being what you are. You are not that. I am not that. That is not the truth. And um, so this pain, this pain thing with my body has really sharpened my awareness and um, turned inward the looking for my reality and, and, and the, how the the concentration of the focus is on being spirit, being in it, and the innocence that, that has come from that, that whatever appears is whatever is appearing, and, it's, and it's, <laughs> it seems to be and it appears to be, but it's not the truth. What is the truth? The truth is spirit. So I'm really looking forward to... Um, continuing in this correction of air chapter because it really speaks speaks to this how to deal with the airs in our mind and um, the inclusive total 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 inclusivity of our reality and how to find peace and know that we are peace and this is just wonderful so I'll be still now Thank you. I'll thank you guys for being here and Lori and Lemoyne for your devotion to us in our journey home together. I'm complete.
Oh, that was sweet. Thank you, Judy. That was, that was Thank great, you. Judy. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Judy. Thanks also for your... <laughs> I think that it's a very clear statement of <clears throat> clarification around level confusion to think of the body as belonging to me as I belong to God. Amen. Right. um in that view I can there's at least the potential to see miscreation my miscreations in the body as well as my creation and uh, do so without judgment so I mean that's, that's very I think that's a very helpful view it resonates with something I've been looking at. I'm always tempted to bring it, swing it as a hammer, but I think you hit on something that was in the reading yesterday about the, the statement, I am not a body. It's not <laughs> intended to be, to really say anything about the body, but to say instead where to look for who we are, right? And so there's a line yesterday where it's, it's understandable there's been a revolt against the concept, but to revolt against it is still to believe in it. And so, you know, the statement, <laughs> I am not a body, I think in in a view that that has dropped this level confusion that the mind thinks it needs to protect itself from the body or um, that yeah. it, it can suffer because of whatever the state of the body is. Yeah. That that uh, instead it it should be a release, not just of the mind, but also of the body, which, as it says, is merely a fact in human existence. And, uh, and it really advises us to consider it to be invulnerable to the two-edged application. Kind of just is. And... Yeah. You know, <laughs> I almost said it backwards, but I, I think really it sort of just follows us around in a way. You know, just, that, yeah, we see it as one thing and give it agency and acting, but it's really, I think physically, it's, it's known to be a collection, it's a community. And yes. It could, create an image of unicity um, and yet and yet it, it's not separate 
<laughs> the only bodies only live by they're constantly breathing and exchanging with the environment. And so it you know, the interpretation that the body is separate is, is the issue. Separate from the mind and separate from God. It's in it with us <laughs> and and you know, we I, I don't know. I I don't <laughs> I'm so tempted to fight against it, but that would be the thing of denying it holding it in place with my denial. Yeah. Uh, you said it what was it deny the denial of the unworthy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, deny the know. truth. Go ahead. That's that it says it right in the text and you really onto something for me here. The um, revolting, when you, we resist something, it persists. That revolting against it substantiates it in my mind. To, to resist, it will persist. And the, the way that I'm looking at it is being a separate thing that belongs to a Judy, which is totally the worst extreme of the ego separation. But the, the idea that the body belongs to God in his totality as an instrument to prove the, 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 the unicity of the wholeness, which is something that has come to me when I reversed my view of seeing myself as a body in a way that God may use me as an instrument. You know, even in my sickness, my body's being sick and feeble and weak. And and I started to see all sorts of witnesses to God's love and people coming to be of aid to me, people being kind to me, having the opportunity to be helpful, which lit them up, you know. And I'm like, oh, sure, you can help me. (laughs) Or, no, I have to do it myself, you know. It's like whatever which way it floats, but I'm still, you know, God's still in all of us together, none of us apart. So I'm sorry for interrupting, but you're helping me to be on to something, Lemoyne. Thank you. I'm complete. Yeah. Well, that was a nice dialogue. (laughs) Go ahead, Lemoyne. Yeah, that's fine, Judy. I I, I love the way you went. To uh, um, an example, if you, uh, and and yet reach through to like you, <laughs> that word you missed it. I'm sorry, I can't hear you, Lemoyne. Okay, well, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I am I have I have I have no problem with your with that with what the, your intrusion to share share your experience of how the body is you know properly understood as a communication device and a learning device and. Uh, Yeah. I think the you know, the point 
the point maybe I was trying to learn by preparing the swing this hammer is that, which is the point of this paragraph, it's not necessary to protect the mind by denying the unmindful. <clears throat> you know, that um, it may be necessary to understand, to deny where we've granted and miscreated a false image that then we give our power to and let it direct us in some kind of usually negative form. Um, to deny that as useful as, as mindfulness is is clarifying, but it's not the goal. And it's not really necessary to protect the mind. I think what the mind needs to get on track with actually creating then that then the light that's, that's there actually shine away the air make their their uh, <laughs> there that's this is very helpful Lemoyne there is a line in the text that says the body being completely neutral cannot be endowed with the attributes of Christ nor the attributes of the ego that it's all mind and what purpose the mind would give the body. But it's, it's clear that the Course teaches us not to judge each other concretely by what we say or do because we can speak and act in opposition to what is our true will. And it, it doesn't represent us as the truth of who we are. So this is, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> this is good, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yeah, and I think change. I Oh, uh, we sorry. can ahead, we can learn we can learn from those mistakes, right? And that's one way of learning. But uh, I think the call is to uh, is to is to unlearn what there is to unlearn, so that we can, you know, at least take steps towards original the original purpose. <clears throat> what I understand the original purpose of form is just um, you know filling <laughs> is to end time by filling it with eternity something like that but to pull into form um, which is neutral uh, that which is eternal and and it helps. It helps me to maybe I, I don't know. I, I just see it as if if I see it all as created and not by me, then then it it helps me 
understand that there might be <laughs> um, a way to escape our errors that actually immediately and always fail. I think that I think the uh, to try to sum it up here is to remember that we are of cause and not effect. And if we place ourselves at the effect of body, which is self and uh, our body, effect that we created in in inhabiting form, then we we're really that gone backwards and so it's not necessary to protect the mind by either you know giving it over to the unmindful or denying the unmindful and that's that's where love you But it's all mind. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> oh, amen. <laughs> Lord love us. Well, you know what? You know what helps me, you guys, in this regard? Uh, he makes a really clear statement that the body will become for you whatever you use it for. The body will become for you whatever you use it for. And when I take that statement, that fact, that fact, and look at it like he gives us in paragraph 36, um, it starts to open up the world for me. He says, miracles are the only witness to your reality which you can recognize because miracles are a way of giving acceptance and receiving it. Um, that whole paragraph opens up the notion that giving and receiving are one in truth. He says, we've equated many things that don't seem to be one, like having and being, uh, teaching and learning. Now, to make that really clear, in the introduction to the Manual for Teachers, he says everyone is teaching all the time. Even when you're asleep, you're teaching. What are you teaching? the thought system that you want to be true. And by teaching the thought system you want to be true, and teaching is to demonstrate, you are learning at the same time what thought system is true. That's why miracles are the witness to my reality. He says clearly, you have no image. The Son of God has no image but I can know the truth of me by sharing the truth of me. And to share the truth of me is to share the thought system of love. That is the awareness of the Holy Spirit. The awareness of the Holy Spirit is the Christ mind. Wherever he looks, he sees himself. Now, how do I make that? How do I, how do I experience that? simply by thinking the thoughts I think with God. 
you know, mind is cause, and there's only one mind. And when I think the thoughts I think with God, I am instantly accepting everything as part of me because creation is indivisible. It is one. There's only one mind. And he says, you have, six, you have done miracles and you have succeeded any time you joined another mind and shared truth with him. Somebody was saying the other day, this is so simple. Somebody was saying the other day, I held this new baby and I looked into its eyes and the joy I experienced in that moment out of this world. That's what it's like to know the truth. You know, he says, he says this, perception is a mirror. Your brother is a mirror as long as perception lasts. My brother is my opportunity to know love. That's why, that's the why of creation is love and the extension of the love of God. And when I join with another mind in the love of God, I bless this other mind and receive blessing from this other mind. I understand then that there is no other mind. You see, that's how the unity of creation is restored in my awareness through the awareness of the Christ mind. Everywhere he looks, he sees himself. That's why vision is my greatest need. He says, vision will be yours when you meet its condition. What is its condition but to deny the opposite of goodness? Deny the opposite of goodness. That is to say, I'm not going to be looking at how my brother behaves or what he says or how he acts or anything other than the truth of this Son of God as my companion in life, as my friend. Everyone is friend. Everyone is capital friend. And when I realize that, I recognize that God has given me opportunities endless to love. And by loving everything he created, what do I learn? I learned that I am love. I'm demonstrating, just like you say, Harrison, that there's only one thought system that's true. I don't have to go around blabbing on about it. All I have to do is recognize, oh, here's another opportunity to bless. Here's another opportunity to bless. And in blessing, I discover how filled with blessing I am. You see? And then I learned that giving and receiving are one in truth. And then I participate in the mind of the atonement. Anyone who receives it, he says, the mind of the atonement is the Holy Spirit, the Christ mind. And anyone who receives it recognizes its universality. If your brothers are part of you, will you accept them? It's for me to discover to my joy and glory that all suffering, all suffering and pain is an effort on the part of my ego to pluck wholeness out of my heart. God created us whole. His Son is indivisible. And if I try to extract you or 
any part of creation from my love, I become less than all. I don't know myself, and I don't know you, and I don't know creation, and I don't know God. If your brother's a part of you, will you accept them? You know, communication goes on all the time. All the time we're contributing to the one mind by our thoughts, by my thoughts. And it's by my thoughts that I recognize truth of creation and I recognize truth of myself. The denial of goodness will always hurt me because it keeps me away from the knowledge of the unity of creation. And when I recognize all gaps, if there's a gap anywhere, if there's a gap in thought anywhere, it's in my mind. It's in my mind because there is only. It's it's um. It's a wonder. It's a, the greatest miracle in the world to realize that everything is in my heart already. That's what he wants me to know. And when I accept that and learn that and experience that, I don't want anything else. Everything else is nothing. Um, I, I, as a consequence of joining this group, I've realized the truth that giving and receiving are one of the truth. And that's the only way I can know my reality is by blessing sharing blessing and when I do the blessing returns to me and I understand what I am he said to me the Holy Spirit said to me when you I think it was just last year maybe the year before I don't remember but he said just as clear in words as as I read on the page he said you know what you are in the light of your brother's awareness I have no image but when I share the truth when I share the truth and recognize the truth, that is the mind of the atonement, the lesson in sharing. And it's the great gift of the Holy Spirit uh, that permits that to happen when I've let the little interferers go away. The little interferers are just the denial of goodness. I can't be looking at behavior or, you know, God did not give me the the job of assessing his creation. I was not given that job. And when I give up that job, I realize that miracles attend living, that all the time there's miracles, that this universe is a relational universe. I used to think it was a transactional universe. I thought everything was an exchange, but no. Everything in creation is a relationship. And if I try to use my mind to pull it apart, who do I hurt? I hurt myself. That's why my brother's glory is my own. You are not saved from anything. He said, you are saved for glory. <laughs> and it's just like holiness. Holiness must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. And the consequence of that are miracles. Miracles attend my awareness. Um, when I've joined one mind, I've made the step to the awareness of the wholeness of the universe. 
and to try to deny that anywhere is only to hurt myself anyway uh, what a great discussion I can use uh, my body to communicate and I'm so grateful that um, that's the way Holy Spirit teaches me I'm complete thank you so much Lori that was great thank you thank you Lori really appreciate that thank you so elegantly and simply and beautifully spoken thank you Lori to deny good <laughs> I just love that I'm going to remember that one thank you yeah well you know what oh, oh boy uh, in the resolution of the dream in chapter 24 the resolution of the dream um, the Christ in you is very still he knows where you are going and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way his love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself his holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him and what you see is like yourself for what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home he looked upon you first but recognized that you were not complete and so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God I can't know what I am except in your awareness yes he is quiet for he knows that love is in you now and safely held by you in that same hand that holds your brothers in your own Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself he gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death he reaches through them holding out his hand that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness and he rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him share his joy his perfect lack of specialness he offers you that you may save all living things from death receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to your capital self the sight of Christ is all there is to see the song of Christ is all there is to hear the hand of Christ is all there is to hold there is no journey but to walk with him and how marvelous it is we can meet each other every day like this and take this walk amen I'm so grateful for you guys 